This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. The Buck Sexton Show. Agent, you are joining a clandestine meeting in progress. You will now be read into sensitive programs in real time. Do not communicate this information with any other assets in the field. This is Spy Time. John Schindler at 20 Committee on Twitter and the national security columnist for the New York Observer is with us now. You can read his latest on Observer.com. Syria's civil war is over. Russia won. It's time to accept the painful reality of Syria's fratricide. That is his latest piece. John, great to have you. Great to be here as always, Buck. So what is going on? Why is why is a uh, serious civil war over, and why has Russia won it? Uh, well, look, uh, the Obama administration has dithered now for five years, essentially the entire length of Syria's awful civil war, has never quite figured out what to do, uh, let Putin essentially take control in 2013, and now the White House is shocked and embarrassed that this has happened. And, of course, it's come up in our political campaign this year, since Hillary has said she wants a no-fly zone in Syria, and Mr. Trump has just called her essentially a lunatic for wanting to cause World War III with the Russians over Syria. So this has become front-page news again in the U.S. And I think it's time we accept reality about the truth of this conflict and what our strategic options are, which is really pretty limited. It reminds me of you know the old State Department joke that your only three options in international affairs are uh, suffer in silence, nuclear war, or do some diplomacy. Uh, it, it is, as you've pointed out on Twitter, it is a Kremlin line that a stronger U.S. hand in any respect in Syria would result in World War III. So not particularly helpful for Donald Trump to be throwing that around. No, it's not. And, of course, he's been parroting Kremlin propaganda essentially verbatim on a lot of issues. He, he doesn't think the Russians have hacked into Hillary's emails, even though the intelligence community has openly said they're quite confident that they did. Uh, and he's, he's just taking the Kremlin line word for word translated from Russian to English on Syria. But let me add, as opposed as I am to Trump, it doesn't mean that he's wrong about some of this. Let me, let me make that clear. The Russians are feeling very happy with themselves uh, with their intervention in Syria to save their, their Assad client regime in Damascus. They've, they're getting what they wanted at a pretty modest cost. They're sort of laughing at the U.S. since we've made a hash of Iraq, of Afghanistan, of Libya, and can't seem to ever get what we want, whereas the Russians set modest goals and have, are on their way to really achieving them. And, uh, you know, the Russians are feeling pretty self-confident right now, and that itself can be very dangerous. One of the interesting points uh, you make in your piece, and everyone can check it out on Observer.com, we're talking to John Schindler, who's their national security columnist. 
is what's the need? If, if you're really just fighting terrorism, why do you need S-300 and S-400 anti-aircraft missile systems in Syria if you're the Russians? That seems a little right. provocative. It is. And, of course, Putin made a big deal at the U.N. not long ago about, hey, everyone needs to join us to fight the Islamic State, to fight ISIS. Trump has said the same thing. The problem, of course, is that it's well documented, even in publicly available information, that the Russians are not really fighting ISIS. They're sort of fighting ISIS. They're fighting the many enemies of the Assad regime, of which ISIS is only one. Uh, and that doesn't sound so good in public form, so the message gets reduced to, we're, we're really fighting terrorism, and the Americans are actually backing it. The, the, the Kremlin actually publicly says over and over again, the U.S. is supporting terrorism in Syria. So this has gotten really nasty in the war of words sense, and Hillary has kind of upped the ante by calling for a no-fly zone uh, in Syria, which the Russians view as very provocative, not least because, in effect, there already is a nice no-fly zone in Syria. It's just monitored, administered by the Russian Air Force. And it, it is certainly true that if we choose to challenge that, there will be military confrontation. Make no mistake, the Russians would actually welcome it at this point, especially if it could be limited, if they could shoot down a couple American planes and send Washington a message that we won't forget. Now, you trace a lot of this back, and, and you're, very, you're very open in the piece about how, look, Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, intervention, intervention with U.S. military troops, we've learned, or we should have learned at least, enormously complicated, huge costs, and oftentimes a, a bad idea under the best of circumstances or under the most obvious circumstances, yeah. even, in, even in the case of Afghanistan, which is, we talked about earlier this week, in the process of a slow and complete deterioration. Nonetheless, uh, you say that the red line that Obama walked away from in Syria was in some ways the sort of beginning of all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And let me make clear, I I never wanted U.S. military intervention in the Syrian conflict. However, over three years ago, when President Obama publicly said he had a red line in Syria, which would be Assad regime use of chemical weapons against the rebels, which would invariably kill civilians, that the United States would not tolerate. Whether he should have said it or not, he did. And he put American credibility on the line. And these things matter in international relations a great deal, no matter what people at Vox and other liberal sites tell you. And by walking away from his own red line and letting the Russians, in effect, take over the Syrian conflict, this was an enormous blow to American prestige in the Middle East. And I would argue very clearly empowered Putin's aggressive behavior elsewhere. It is not a coincidence that only six months after Obama publicly walks away from his own red line in Syria, September 2013, Putin takes Crimea from Ukraine because he feels empowered, he feels he can get away with it, he can push Obama around, because he can. And so I I think the consequences of this are global, not just the Middle East, but they're bad enough in the Middle East. I mean, let's be very clear. The Israelis are dealing with the Russians now. The the national security, you know, help department over the United States. That's a good or bad thing. You can argue it both ways. I don't think the Russians being the new sheriff is a good thing. Uh, and it, that is detrimental to our interests and the interests of close allies. So what Obama did is it has a lot of impacts that are a lot bigger than just Syria. And the, the implications uh, of, of what happens now, it seems to me that the next administration, no matter what they do, I mean, look, it's, it's a good thing that Mosul is being liberated, although I, I do think people are beginning to, once again, because now that means 
that the anti-ISIS fight and not just the latest Trump tweet or, you know, or Hillary email revelation or something is dominating the news cycle. Uh, there's been a tremendous cost that has uh, been borne by the people of Syria and Iraq. Iraq is an allied yeah. state. Of course, we're, we're very much responsible for a lot of a lot of what's happened in that country in recent sure. years. You got a half a million people dead in Syria. We're liberating Mosul and finding out that the place has been like a giant decapitation and torture chamber for the last couple of years. Uh, sitting back and doing not a whole lot comes with its own cost. And I, I feel like the administration has gotten a pass on that. You know, the, 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 the don't they do stupid yeah. stuff philosophy is actually just don't do anything. And a lot of really good people, including your allies, are going to die. That's right. And I'm the first one to say not all problems have a military solution, and ISIS is a wicked problem that will not be defeated quickly. However, as you hinted, the Obama White House has gotten this incredible pass from the, from the mainstream media on doing absolutely nothing. Had any other president, Lord knows any Republican, overseen the, frankly, genocidal warfare that's happening on our watch in Iraq and now in Syria, there'd be nonstop outrage. You remember, and those remember the 1990s and, you know, the castigating George H.W. Bush for not doing enough in the Balkans and Somalia, whatever. We've heard hardly anything from the mainstream media that's really as critical of this White House as it deserves to be. Uh, Again, I'm no backer of humanitarian intervention, but let's be absolutely clear. This is an administration that said they believe in the responsibility to protect. We intervened in Libya over the mere threat of large-scale killings of civilians by the actually happened on a huge scale in Syria. So the hypocrisy and stupidity of this is, is just... And worse, our enemies and rivals are watching all this very closely. What do you think Putin's next steps are going to be? I mean, it seems to me that no matter what the next administration coming in, whether it's a Trump or Clinton administration, wants to do, they are somewhat limited in Syria. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, there's there's no ousting Assad is not happening. That's off the table. I mean, so I, I really guess to your to your point about has Putin, you know, has Putin won in Syria? Seems to me the answer has to be yes, because the, the whole purpose was the uh, the propagation, the continuation of the Assad regime. And there is no way either administration is going to come in and be like, you know what? We're not just going to take back Raqqa and work with Kurdish militias and whoever else we have to. We're also going to, like, toss that guy out of Damascus. Never going to freaking happen. No, if, if Hillary Clinton comes in on the 20th of January of the new year, as she's looking pretty likely to do, she walks into the tank in the Pentagon and says to her generals and admirals, hey, it's time to set up a no-fly zone in Syria and get rid of Assad, I can assure you our top military leadership is going to explain to her the extraordinarily complex reality of that and that this is going to wind up with dead Americans, dead Russians, and more dead Syrians. Uh, Whoever becomes president is going to face terrible problems in Syria. They just don't have a a real solution that we would find tolerable. If I were president, I would say we need to accept the Assad regime, unpleasant as it is, is going to survive, at least for now, because the Russians are going to prop them up no matter what, as will the Iranians, and set up whatever deal we can to calm down the civil war, save lives, stop the slaughter. That's really what success looks like at this point, after five years of total incompetence and lies from the Obama White House. Whoever comes in almost has to be better on this, but we'll see. We'll see. What, are, what, are you, what do you think are Putin's next steps? Because uh, he's going to have a yeah. new administration, and every new administration comes in, and people are still trying to figure out you know, how to log into the computers and where the bathrooms are at the NSC and everywhere yeah. else, right? So yeah. he's going to have a new administration to be handling. What do you think are the next steps in the Middle East? I mean, does, does Iran play, uh, play big sure. in Russia's future for its uh, Mideast plans? What do you think happens? Well, they have a touchy relationship. They're, 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 they don't trust each other, nor should they. 
like Syria and Iraq, actually rather nicely. We Please keep in mind that for some time in Baghdad, the Russians and Iranians have had a joint operations center sponsored by the Iraqi government, which are, of course, ostensibly our allies, but not really. They're really Iran's allies to some extent Russia. However, in the long term, the Russians and Iranians are not going to be good friends in the Middle East. They never have been. And they, they too, will have a falling out. I, I think the problem probably President Clinton is going to face is that Putin, by attempting to intervene in our election so openly, has really upset Hillary. Let's make no mistake. And this administration will come in wanting payback. And that sets up a potential confrontation. As you said, while everyone's learning where the office is, where the water cooler is, I think we should expect Putin, being Putin, being having a bias for action, being a KGB guy, uh, will undertake tactical actions to test American resolve. And the problem, of course, is those sort of tests can turn hot and people can die, and that's when you have a genuine international crisis on your hands. Um, he is not going to have the free hand with Hillary that he's had with Obama to do whatever the heck he wants. That's pretty much over. Um, I think if Trump becomes president, that's a whole other set of problems, but I bet that's not looking very likely if you believe the polling right now. But so we could see the you know a, a, a shipping freighter full of Russian nationals all of a sudden beached uh, off of a Baltic state and then, you know, a, a Russian emergency relief force arrives or, you know, just some nonsense like that just to push the lines a little bit. Yeah, and understand that time is not on Putin's side right now. The Russian economy is really hurting. The Russian middle class is taking it really badly. It's evaporating thanks to the sanctions. Um, and this is not a situation that is stable in the long term for Russia. And the less that Putin feels he has to lose, the more dangerous this gets. I don't think Putin's crazy, not at all. But I think he's being a KGB guy. He's a really tactical short-term thinker. They don't do strategy, which is why tactically, short-term, a lot of the things Putin does are just brilliant. They're incredibly cunning, and they've played the Obama administration for fools over and over again. But the long-term vision of what Russia wants and how to get there is sort of itself, and most people are KGB guys. They're not big-picture thinkers. And that's why the risk of a confrontation over, whether it be the Baltics, whether it be Ukraine again, whether it be Syria, is real. Because, look, he keeps rolling the dice, he keeps pushing boundaries, and it keeps working for him. And eventually, that luck will run out. But no one knows where it will be, but I guarantee you it will. John Schindler is formerly of the NSA. He is the national security columnist for the New York Observer. Observer.com is where you'll find his stuff. At 20 Committee on Twitter is where you'll find his tweets. John, always good, sir. We'll have you back soon. Great pleasure, my friend. Have a great day. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.